good morning, good morning, good afternoon, good night, good evening, whatever time it is. I'm glad you're back listening to the podcast. And uh, we are on Galatians still, chapter 5, as we go through trying to understand uh, what Paul's saying to the people of Galatia, what he is saying about God through these scriptures and what he's saying about man or us through these scriptures and how we can apply it to our lives. So I'm glad you're back with this daily Devo as we continue our study in it, man. So we are on Galatians chapter 5, verse 7 through 15 today. And uh, yeah, I got to say, um, I've been enjoying this time that we have, and it's been it's been really enlightening to me, and I hope it has been with you guys as well. So let's go ahead and jump into it. Galatians chapter 5, verse 7. You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? The persuasion did not come from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens a whole lump of dough. I have confidence in you, in the Lord, that you will adopt no other view. But the one who is disturbing you will bear his judgment, whoever he is. But I, brethren, if I still preach circumcision, why am I still persecuted? Then the stumbling block of the cross has been abolished. I wish that those who are troubling you would even mutilate themselves. For you were called to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in this one word, in this statement. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. Well, Paul, again, like I said, he continues to talk on this one vein because it is the corruption of the gospel which has got Paul so angry. We read at the very beginning, and I told you guys that um, usually there is a thanksgiving or a lifting up of the brethren at the very beginning, but he didn't do that in this letter. He went straight to the cut, went straight to the chase and said, man, what's wrong with you guys for listening to these guys? You know, And so he's continuing on that vein because it's so important for him for people to understand the trueness, the authentic, unadulterated gospel. And so he says, uh, and it's really more like a rhetorical question when he asked, um, who hindered you from the truth? Because what he wants to get to the point is it was not him who called you. Like it is not the spirit of God. It was not the voice of the Lord. It was not him, uh, um, Paul or any other of the apostles who um, said that this following of the law was going to bring salvation. It was none of that. He wants to make that point clear, that it was man who tried to change or pervert the gospel, not God, not his spirit, not his apostles. So that's an important thing uh, for us to remember, is that whenever there's a change in the gospel, it didn't come from the scriptures, okay? It did not come from the Bible. It came from the heart of man, because there is only one gospel, there is only one truth, and that is that Jesus died for sinners. And it's not based on anything we could do, but it is only by his grace through our faith that we can come into a relationship with him. That's the only way. And so uh, he even says a little leaven leavens the whole lump. That's a big deal right there, man, because it's tough. I mean, it's tough. You think about just the smallest part of changing the gospel makes the whole gospel false. See, even though they still had Jesus and they're like, of course it's by faith you're saved. Of course it's by grace you're saved. But you also have to have circumcision. And see, that little bit of addition to the gospel 
makes the whole gospel wrong, makes the whole gospel incorrect, makes the whole gospel corrupt. We don't need to be doing that. We don't need to be doing that. We want to leave the gospel the way that God has stated the gospel and what it is, because that's what it is. Nothing more, nothing less. And uh, as we continue, he says that um, he has confidence in them. So when he's writing, he's saying, I know that the spirit of God is within you. And then what I say to you about the truth of the gospel, I know you're going to believe it. I know you're going to rely upon it. So in a way, he's like assuring them. He's like, I, I know you're going to do it. Paul's a slick guy, man. You know, he, he he has a great way with words. And sometimes that builds confidence whenever he's bashing them down so hard, you know, saying that um, you can't. he can't believe that you would listen to these things. He can't believe you would uh, try and change your uh, thought process on the gospel, how it's been perverted. I can't believe you've seen this. But then now he's like, oh, but I know you're not going to follow it. I know they were there bringing this gospel to you and it might have it might have got you at first but yeah i know you ain't gonna do it man i know that ain't how it's gonna be so paul has a slick way of talking man i liked it but listen to this part here this is what i think is so uh, um again it's just reiterating the things that paul has already said but this is what i think is so hard as paul says i wish that those who are troubling you would even mutilate themselves. See, he's doing a play on circumcision. He says, if they're making you do circumcision just to be, or just to say that you could be saved, he says, I pray that they would mutilate themselves. Like that circumcision would end up being a lot worse than what it's supposed to be. That they would mutilate themselves. That's how harsh that is how bad, that is how evil it is to corrupt the gospel. And then he goes on to say that for freedom, that's what God has called us to. He says we're no longer to the law. God has called us to be apart from the law. We're free from the law. But this is where he adds to it. He says that uh, don't let this freedom turn into an opportunity for the flesh. So just because you're free from the law doesn't mean that you are not to follow it. Remember we talked about a couple days ago that Christ has put his spirit on our hearts and we follow the law because he's turning us into, he's forming us into the person that the law was supposed to show us how to be. It's a heart change. And so he says, just because you're free, don't allow that to give you the opportunity to do whatever you want, to sin. Because it's not that way. It's not that way. And the last thing he says is that the fulfillment of the law is love. Hey, that's, that's you know, that makes things a little bit easier and it makes things a little bit harder. Because if you want to do all that the law has commanded us to do, just love your neighbor. Just love your neighbor. But then at the same time, it is very, very difficult to love the neighbor. Am I right? Because <laughs> there are some neighbors out there that are... Not the kindest, not the nicest. But see, God called us to love the neighbor. So what's he saying about God here? Well, I think, uh, again, God is super serious about his gospel. He is super serious about his gospel. That's because there is no other way besides him by which we could be saved. It's not him plus. It is him alone. It is him 
alone. And so that's what I think is very important for us to get that Paul is saying about God in this, is that he is the author and the perfecter of our faith. That means he's the one that started it and he's the one that finishes it. That's what it says in Hebrews. And there is no one else, no way else that this is going to happen. It is initiated by God. Jesus has paid for it. And the spirit is changing us. That's it. What's it say about man or what's it say about us in here? Well, I think it says that uh, we need to love. We need to love our neighbor. And if we do so, we're following the whole law. It's really simple. It's not easy. It's simple. But we are to love. As a matter of fact, it continues to say that we aren't to devour and bite each other. We're not to be consumed by one another. We're not to tear each other down. Because that's the natural state in which uh, human beings do. We, we, we hurt each other. It's funny because um, you, know, you hear that thing about how uh, women talk, you know, when they talk about like, oh, yeah, you look very nice. And then um, behind their back, they're like, oh, I can't believe that girl wore that, you know. But that's just a, uh, that's just an example of what happens to everybody in everyday life is that we bite, devour, and we talk gossip about each other. That's the natural state of being. But because we are in Christ, now we love each other. Now we care for each other. Now we speak life into one another. That's the goal. That's who Jesus, that's who the Holy Spirit is turning us into being. What am I going to take from this? Well, I'm going to take from this, man, because I, I feel like I haven't said it, but that, the, that I should not change the gospel. That I should uh, uh, talk to whenever I speak the gospel to make sure that people understand that it's about a God who loves people so much that he would save them from the sins that separated them. That he would be the one to restore a relationship between him and people, despite their sin and rebellion against him. And that way was made through Jesus Christ coming down from heaven, living a perfect life, and then dying, carrying the weight of all of our sins on him in his death. But after his death, he was raised to life to prove that death, <laughs> that death, that death, he did not deserve, but he took it for us. And if we believe on that and repent from our sins, then we will be reconciled with God and the condemnation of sin, that is hell, will not be upon us. See, that's what I want to remember is that I do not want to change the gospel in any way just so I can reach some people. Because Paul said, said that. He, he said, man, have I said anything about circumcision? He said, because if I did, I wouldn't be persecuted. But I am persecuted. And so if I'm persecuted for preaching the truth, well, I know I'm still preaching the truth, right? And that happens a lot these days. It seems like when you preach the truth of the gospel, 
persecution happens. But if I'm not being persecuted, if everybody's uh, just super happy about the gospel I'm, 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 I'm preaching, then maybe I need to check myself and see if I'm mutilating the gospel. Because if I am, Paul says I should be mutilated. Man, I appreciate you guys for listening. I hope that you're getting something out of this. And, and what will you apply to your life today? How will you take this scripture and how will you apply it to your life so that you can glorify God? I'll see y'all guys in the next one.